Welcome to a special interview episode of Broadway Radio. My name is Matt Tamanini. On today's episode, I'm in conversation with one of the most entertaining and multi-talented performers in either the New York theater or cabaret scenes, Natalie Walker. After the pandemic, Natalie got back up on stage for the first time in July with the first iteration of her solo show, Natalie Walker, Mad Scenes, which she's bringing back for an encore performance on Sunday, November 14th at 9.45 at 54 Below. In our conversation, Natalie explains how her quarantine, personal obsessions, and her own performance style lend themselves to madness, and how she manifests all of that into this truly one-of-a-kind show. We also discuss her over half a century long friendship with Bonnie Milligan, performing a certain red dress medley in front of Donna Murphy herself, and much, much more. Of course, we will have a link so that you can join me and Ashley Steves in the audience at Natalie's show at 54 Below. We'll also have links to Natalie's social media handles at NWalks if you aren't following her already, and those will both be found in the show notes and on BroadwayRadio.com. So, without further ado, here's my conversation with the wonderful Natalie Walker. All right, so Natalie Walker, colon, mad scenes. Is this madness like a general pandemic madness or like state of the world madness or life as a New York performer madness or all of the above? Where is the madness coming for this show? Yeah, definitely all of the above. I mean, uh, madness is definitely something that has always been very exciting to me uh, as embodied by various actresses, public figures, characters um, on stage or in film or, you know, anywhere. I mean, like Sean Young in in interviews. <laughs> um, and I definitely, like long before the pandemic, have struggled with my mental health. And so there's something about seeing madness uh, embodied in various forms of media that's always been very juicy to me and compelling. Um, and then over the course of the pandemic, I really sort of lost touch with what I wanted and what, uh, kind of material would be right for me. And sort of by the end of my like big quarantine, like right before the world opened up, I sort of was like, should I just like foster dogs at, and work at a bank? Like, do I remember how to do anything? Do I have anything to offer? And that's when um, Jen Tepper reached out and said, we're doing only really intimate shows this summer. So we're pretty much just asking people for solo shows right now. And you've never done one. So would you like to do one as things open up? And my first thought, and I told Jen this, I emailed back and I said, I haven't sung in a year. Basically, I've just been like sitting in the dark most of the time. I don't think that I have anything to offer or say, and I don't remember how to perform. And then it sort of hit me because especially over the course of quarantine, I would get really singularly obsessed with a scene or a song or a movie. And I would just watch it or listen to it over and over and over. 
And so I was unknowingly building up all of this material because especially in quarantine, mad scenes became even more (laughs) (laughs) exciting to me and cathartic because I was like, I want to be in front of a group of people that are like, wow, look at this woman going insane, how wretched and sad. Um, So I got very into operatic mad scenes. And then um, I was like, oh, actually I have been there are all these things that I was watching in quarantine and going, Oh my God, that would be so cool to do. And then I said, okay, Jen, actually, yes, I have this idea for it and let's do it because yeah, that was like the main thing, which is that if I sort of unravel and completely fall apart during the show, it's meta and works. (laughs) So I was like, I don't know how it'll go this first time out. Cause that was my first time performing was when we did it in July was my first time getting up on a stage in, in a year and a half. And so, uh, weirdly it was nice to have that safety safety net of like the framework of the show is that if I completely crumble, it sort of is right. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So how, when you are, now that you've done the show once, uh, how do you, how does that actually manifest in the show? Is, I, I know that there are going to be some of the opera mad scenes that you talked about. Is it some of the maybe dramatic scenes? Is there any Sean Young, you know, reenactments going on? Like, how does that yeah. turn yeah. into the show itself? Yes, I definitely use the the Sean Young infamous uh, Catwoman oh monologue she did on Joan Rivers. I love it. Um, yeah, there's sort of a suite of what you said as far as like there's pandemic madness, there's madness of being an actor, and so there's a there's a sort of suite of actress mania that's involved. It, it involves the Sean Young monologue. It involves Valley of the Dolls. Um, there will be an element of all about Eve in this next one. Um, yeah, making like little fun tweaks, but yeah, it's very, it's, it's sort of split up into five movements of madness. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. So like you said, you did this, um, earlier in the summer, you're doing it now, four months later or whatever that is. How and you've done a lot of other shows since then. Most recently, you did your uh, your most recent show with Bonnie Milligan. Was that this week or last week? Something. I, I... Yeah, that was. Uh, we did one on the twenty fifth of September, and then we did um, the second one this past Monday. Yeah, yeah, and it was live streamed, which was amazing. You two together are just one of the best things in New York <laughs> at any time. So I love that. Um, but how has that changed how you approach these mad scenes? Like you said at the beginning, you were like. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this because I haven't sung in a year and this is kind of all a new concept. You've done this show once you've done other things since then. How does that change your approach? And then how do you think it's going to change when you're actually doing this show again in front of an audience? Um, I think what'll be nice about doing it in front of an audience again, is that I won't have the sort of shot out of a cannon element of like, I don't remember anything. And so I feel like for the first round of mad scenes, the first 20 minutes of the show, I felt like I had my hands off a bicycle and I was just like, I don't know, I'm going down the hill. And then I sort of settled into it, but I'm very excited to have had a few more performances under my belt so that this round I can trust that I've worked really hard on it and have it be a little more lived in and a little less like 
like gri- <laughs> trying yeah. to get my grip back onto the handlebars. I feel like I'm a little more confident in, in piloting. Yeah. <laughs> piloting. A, a little more in control than maybe uh, the first time yeah. you did it. Yeah. Well, I, I love this idea for the show because it seems to kind of fit so much of who you are as a public persona, which I know is a weird thing to say, but like you kind of span all of these different worlds, obviously uh, as a singer, like with this, but in a, as a musical theater actress, as an actress in general, but you've also had this kind of interesting career writing and interviewing. And then as a viral social media celebrity, like it's just kind of this really a mad kind of existence that you've cultivated for yourself uh, over the past, you know, however many years. What is that like for you to kind of bridge all of those things and how do they inform each other and how do you do, do they play off of each other? It's I've always just kind of marveled at all of the really fun things you do and how you all make them seem so natural for that pu- public facing personality that you have. Right. I I think, yeah, the the very exciting thing about Mad Scenes as a concept is that the Mad Scenes exist in every genre. Someone's mm-hmm. like social media meltdown is a mad scene to me. Like there are mad scenes in reality television. There are highbrow mad scenes. Yeah, there are totally. lowbrow mad scenes. I mean, it it really is like every and every musical genre. And that's always been what has excited me as a performer is the idea of being someone that can marry a lot of disparate seeming elements. And those tend to be the the performers and artists that I have always gravitated towards are people that can exist in a lot of different spheres. I mean, Grace McLean is everything to me is my queen. And we're going to talk about her in a second. We're going to talk about that in a second. (laughs) Um, And Mike, Michael R. Jackson as well, like people that are hilarious and have incre- all of these incredible influences that they're constantly drawing from. Um, and so that's been an exciting thing for me to find a vessel that can house all of those influences. And as far as like social media, the sort of the beginning of my pandemic was I decided like right before everything shut down, I was like, Hey, I think actually now, like I've gone as far as I can with like really wanting to be an online, a like really online presence. And now I really want to focus on like making art and performing Mm -hmm. live. And then the world (laughs) shut down. And then I was just like, Oh, and now we're all just on our phones all of the time. And so that, uh, was a big, was a big factor in my, in my quarantine, uh, mania. <laughs> um, but now I feel like I have a much healthier relationship to social media, but I'm very grateful for what it has given me, what the years of like being a big, like social media monster has given, have given me, but now I'm sort of like, okay, I'm 30 now. I don't want to be as online. I think I've gotten, what I wanted out of online, which is like, now I am able to do shows. There are a lot of people who like found out about me via social media that then have come to see me live and are like, Oh, you're like an actual (laughs) performer, um, which is all I really wanted. It was always sort of a, a means to an end. And I feel like I am pretty close to that. end. I'm working in person with people that I respect a lot. And so, um, yeah, but I always love 
stupid online drama. I'm like less about posting myself anymore. I used to post like a million times a day. Um, but I do, I love being sent like insane only online stuff, the bad art friend discourse. I mean, all of that stuff is still really tasty to me. Well, I, I don't watch any of the Housewives series, but like following your tweets, I like I kind of wish I did because I have no idea what you're talking about, but it sounds fascinating. Right. Yeah. Well, you mentioned Grace McLean, so I figure I uh, will go to that next. I know you just recently did a new workshop or I don't know how much of this you can talk about, right. but I think you posted it on social media. So uh, I guess it's fair game. Um, yeah. So what was that? show about it a fantastic group of you know actors and creators uh it seemed pretty interesting yeah i mean luckily i can pretty much say whatever about it because initially i did a zoom version of it that was for public consumption oh, cool. um in april i think um and all i could think because that was my first foray back into singing and singing on zoom is my absolute biggest (laughs) nightmare. Um, and especially like her music is so intricate that, and we had to record it on zoom. So it was like the zoom recording setup was I'm on a zoom with grace and I'm watching grace, watch me sing the music (laughs) into my little (laughs) headphone. And it's like, they spliced everything together with all of the other people later. But I was like, Oh my God, grace is just sitting on the other side of the screen, watching me try to like do the inhale and uh at the right time, because her music can also like the vocal stuff can get very percussive and uh, complicated. So uh, all I could think during that zoom process was like, please, please let me do an in-person one. And so I'm very grateful that I got to do that. It's called against women and music. And she co-wrote it with Kate Douglas. Um, they, they collaborated, Grace did the music and lyrics, Kate, uh, collaborated on lyrics and then also did the book. Um, and they're both just like such, such incredible, incredible artists. And it's so up my alley. It's, a gothic horror comedy chamber musical (laughs) very macabre and it's uh a widow and her daughter are struggling with coming out of their mourning period and so a doctor prescribes uh music lessons to get their uteruses flowing again quote unquote And then sort of the piano is haunted or is it, or are they going mad? And yeah, very sort of, uh, yeah, yeah, very sort of adjacent to mad scenes, but yeah. And it was just like an incredible group of people to be working with. The entire cast was unbelievable. And I just was so, so grateful to be there. Yeah. And, and obviously as these things develop, who knows what's going to become of that, but that sounds, it sounds like a perfect thing from grace i mean it kind of fits with a lot of what she's done in the past as a writer but then also it definitely seems right up your alley (laughs) and and something that we will hopefully see uh on a larger stage uh, in the future um but going back to the 54 below stage uh we mentioned the the show you did with bonnie milligan most recently on um on monday the 11th i the thing i want to talk about is how you and Bonnie name your shows because they, the (laughs) names of the shows are almost worth the price of admission by themselves. (laughs) I mean, this most recent one, Bonnie Milligan and Natalie Walker celebrate 50 years of friendship. As you just said, you're 30. So that's a, that's a pretty impressive accomplishment to have 50 years of friendship with somebody when you're 30 years old. But what is it like? Obviously everything, everybody knows 
how incredible of a vocalist and an actress that Bonnie Milligan is. But I'm interested what it is like for you two with such funny and interesting senses of humors and personalities to collaborate. Because if just the naming of shows is this entertaining, I can't imagine what putting them together is like. Right. I, it's just incredible. I, we just share such similar sensibilities and there's no way we could have even known the first time we did a show together, like just how similar we are as far as how we approach doing anything, because basically the, the first show that we did, um, Bonnie Milligan and Natalie Walker were always supposed to do a show on (laughs) September 6th and have been rehearsing it for months, uh, was the full title. Um, and it came about because, um, the legendary John Cullum, uh, got pneumonia, I believe, Mm -hmm. and had to cancel his show. And Bonnie and I had just been guests in a show at 54 below and done. Let me be your star. And we just like had a blast doing that. And so, uh, Robbie Roselle reached out and said, Hey, like they asked me the 54 people asked me if you guys would be interested in putting on a show. It would just be like put together in six days, which we, they know is crazy, but would you guys be willing to do it? And Bonnie and I texted each other on a separate thread and we were just like, I'll, I'll do it if you do it. And the fact that it was put together in six days, the first one gave us a lot of freedom because we were sort of like, this, we're just going to treat 54 like our karaoke room. We'll sing a bunch of stuff that we have always wanted to sing and we'll just have a, have a good time. And everyone will know that we put it together like really last minute. And we'll just sort of like front that and everyone will have a good time. And then that show working on that show was just like such a magical experience. And I always feel you would think that singing with Bonnie would psych someone out, but I actually, it's actually very freeing to me because singing with a vocalist like Bonnie, you sort of go, well, no one is fucking listening to whatever I do. (laughs) So I like feel very free in that. I feel free (laughs) and relaxed because I'm like, Bonnie, everyone's going to be listening to Bonnie. I am sort of a little side dish. So it like actually gives me a lot of confidence to be like, it's okay if I make a mistake because I bet no one will notice it. (laughs) Um, And yeah. And then as soon as that one finished, we were just like, oh, let's just keep doing this. And Halloween is such an insane holiday that like lends itself to chaos. Uh, We just had a blast doing chaotic Halloween shows. And, and yeah, it's just, it's always, we get wasted uh, at a bar together and end up with a huge like notebook of things we want to do and stupid ideas. (laughs) And it's, it's really an incredible rehearsal process. Yeah, that I'm is sure. Very, yeah. We'll like, we have like a couple drunken meetings and then we write drunk and edit sober and we have a band rehearsal and then we do it. It's fantastic. And there's nobody I trust. There's just nobody I trust as much on stage. And like, it's, it's really, really amazing to have a friend who is, such a genuinely good person who also kept me afloat in so many ways, um, especially throughout quarantine to have a friend like that is so rare. And then it's even rarer that that friend is like the most talented person you've ever met in your life. So, um, I'm so grateful for her always. 
and you talk about that trust and that friendship. I don't know which concert it was, but it was some YouTube video that somebody posted from one of your shows together. And I just remember watching it. It was so funny because obviously Bonnie's insanely talented. Yeah. And obviously, and I just remember looking at you during that video and you just look like you're an absolute awe of her. And I was like, that's real. Like, that's not a bit like that's just genuinely like one of the sweetest things I've ever seen from two people who are like hilarious and super talented. But I was like, that's a real moment that I don't know that if you even knew you were doing it, but like it showed how authentic that relationship was. Yeah. Oh, and it's every time I'll like watch it later and I'm like, oh my God, my teeth are so big because I'm just like <laughs> beaming anytime Bonnie opens her mouth. Um, but yeah, it was also so sweet because after the live stream of the show on Monday, I, we like got out and Bonnie was like, oh my God, Natalie, cause someone had tweeted like find a friend who looks at you when you're singing Sondheim, like Natalie looks at Bonnie and it's literally, and Bonnie was like, Natalie, you're in love with me. You're literally in love with me. Cause I'm just I mean, sitting in my like, eyes are watering. And I'm just, yeah, she's just a dream. She's just a dream. And it's such a, it's such an incredible challenge and like dare to rise to the event of Bonnie to like rise to the occasion that is Bonnie as a performer. It's like, it's the greatest it's the greatest thing. And I've grown so much as a, as a person and a performer, just from proximity to her, I feel. Last question about the uh, 50 years of friendship show, because I know you did sections from the Sondheim birthday celebration with Donna freaking Murphy right there. Oh my God. The chutzpah to do that. Like, and I didn't, did you know she was going to be there? Was it a surprise? We found out she was coming like the night before the oh second God. show. How, um, how terrifying was that? Like, I'm, I'm nervous for you and it's already over. Oh, yeah. We lost our minds. I mean, luckily we had done the first one and that was sort of part of it was that like Donna saw on our stories, like clips from the show and mm. she messaged Bonnie and was like, oh, I wish I could come and see you girls. Um, and Bonnie was like, oh my God, like we're doing the red dress sequence. So it would probably be like so stressful and crazy for us. And then Donna was like, oh, well now I definitely have to come see it. And so she, uh, the night she was like, well, I have to like figure out some scheduling things. And then the night before she was like, Bonnie, do you think you could put my name on the list? And we're like, yeah, I think we can, I think we can squeeze you in to our 54 below show. Um, but then it was just, I mean, I was out of my body and it was also so funny because all of my friends were there and like knew, knew what that meant to me. Cause she, she's Donna fucking Murphy. Like she means so much to me and Bonnie, um, especially in terms of her versatility that she can do yeah. so many different genres and exist in so many different spaces and knock it out of the park in every single one. Um, so my friends like all were filming over her shoulder. They were standing behind her and she like came over and gave me the biggest hug and all of my, and I like see over her shoulder, all of my friends are filming and like, good it's friends. like my good wedding. Friends. Yeah, yeah. Good friends. So now I have a bunch of videos of me and I'm like f- freaking out. You can see in my eyes, it's just like terror and joy and awe. <laughs> but yeah, she's the kindest person and stayed with us for so long after 
and told us about like how special her experience was of that concert and how she went to the bar with everyone. Like they all went to a bar together after that concert, which like, I want to be invited to that party. (laughs) She, she talked about how special it was to look around the room and be able to actually tell all these people who meant so much to her, what they mean to her. And Bonnie and I were like, but that's you for us right now. That's what you're doing for us. Yeah. Um, and then as soon as she left, Bonnie and I closed the door to our dressing room and both just started immediately sobbing, Fair. instantly sobbing. Yeah. And then we hear like a little knock at the door and it was Donna who had come back because she left her phone. And oh so we were trying to like, okay, be cool. Don't look like you were just puddles on the floor. Um, yeah, it was a dream come true. That's amazing. And what a great, I mean, what a great memory to have just because of this random cancellation from John Collin. Like that's to to think about like how this combination of you and Bonnie working together was really just chance. Like that's such a a cool story, not just because of Donna Murphy, but just like the evolution of your friendship and working together. Like it's just so uh, it's it's just a, such a cool thing. So has changed the absolute course of my life. We went yeah. on vacation together uh, to Turks and Caicos in June, like right when everything opened back up. And it was a trip I was supposed to take with my boyfriend. And then my boyfriend, like a week before, was like, "Hey, do I need a passport?" Oh, and I was like, oops. "Yeah, yeah, you do." Yeah. <laughs> and so then Bonnie ended up replacing him, and we just had a Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar <laughs> trip of our dream. Um, and yeah. <laughs> what a dream, what a dream to come back together. And yeah, like none of it would have happened if John Collum had not gotten sick. And I'm glad that he's healthy now. Yeah, absolutely. A a legend. And we hope that he has many more shows at 54 below that don't get canceled, but yeah. Um, But to wrap it up, getting back uh, to mad scenes, you've kind of talked about the, the different movements of this show and the little bits of what um, goes into it. But I wonder for somebody, you know, 54 below is kind of, you know, the, the musical theater, mo- most musical theater cabaret venue. Is there anything you can tell us? Obviously you've done the show once before. So some people know, but in terms of like the, the show tuniest parts of the show, is there anything you can oh, reveal sure. about that? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, there is a big gray gardens. That yeah. makes so much sense. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> both in terms of the show itself and Christine Ebersol IRL, like both of those make sense in mad scenes oh, context. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. There's a big gray garden sequence and I do cabaret from cabaret. Oh, that's um, kind of like becoming your, one of your signature songs now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. I mean, I'm dying to do that show again at some point. I did it in like a very small theater in Queens, but it was me and Larry Owens like before yeah. Larry was in Strange Loop and the Pulitzer winning Strange Loop and um, took off as as he has. So it's been like very fun to look back at that production and be like, we got to do that with a budget. We got to remount yeah. the budget. Yeah, I, I, I would imagine that there is probably somebody out there who's willing to put up some money for that. But um, Natalie, this uh, has been a, an, a, a fantastic conversation. I can't uh, tell you how much I appreciate it and how much I'm looking forward to the show uh, in November. I've been a big fan across many mediums for a long time, and I'm just so completely thrilled for uh, all of the success and the bright future that you have moving forward. So thank you so much for talking to me. Oh, thank you so much for having me. 